You need to be more like a dog. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Yeah, looking in the mirror. Be a dog. Whatever happens in leash, it's always a scandal. Why do you think that was? Probably because we're always drinking and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's no smoke without fire. I'm not going to light. I met Tommaso Shea one day and he said, I'm sick of that northern crowd. He said, if they went set dancing twice a week, we'd all be set dancing twice a week. I can remember a lad, Jay Booth, right? And he was getting sick, right line like that, <laughs> looking at me like, and I'm going, this is not helping me here. Every man, woman, and monkey in me all is, is nearly right in the mouth. Shake the bucket! That's it! Yeah, really looking forward to our panel today. We have Owen Butler of the Irish Times in studio, Roddy Collins, uh, Athlone Town manager, and Shane Curran, goalkeeper with Roscommon, goalkeeper with Athlone Town, and for the past seven days, All-Ireland winner with St. Bridget's, and the man that uh, the actor Chris O'Dowd described as likely to ride a bull into a church. What does that say about your personality? I mean, I've been trying to work out what that means exactly, and I, I haven't reached definite conclusions. So have I, Joe, to be fair, yeah. Um, I haven't spoken to Chris about it and where he came, where he came out of it. Have you ever rode a bull into a show? <laughs> no. Have you ever rode a bull? Can I give an explanation where I think it might have come yeah, from? Yeah, I'd love to hear. I was, I was, I'm from Mayo, I was supporting Mayo, and we were playing Roscommon in, was it in the late 90s or the early 2000s, I can't remember and Shane was in goal and he was taking a kick out, it was on the it was on the, the N5 side of the stadium in Kale Park and he was taking a kick out and he turned to the fans behind the where, where we were sitting, to the Roscommon fans and gave out, a bit like the, the Delia Smith, let's be having you, but a little bit stronger than that, kind of telling them to get behind the team, which is fair enough, <laughs> then he turned around and kicked the ball out Mayo caught it in midfield and he turned back to the, to the crowd, was it back to the play and continued berating the crowd for not supporting Roscommon's and I thought it was kind of like more like a WWF uh, <laughs> than a footballer I thought, and, and an engine I think with, with even with that with rival fans <laughs> yeah yeah I suppose um, you know a Hollywood actor uh, say something like that about you it's going to draw a bit of attention but uh, look at it it's all part of life and a bit of fun uh, how has the last week been? Has it been one of the most wonderful, lovely weeks of your life? Yeah, obviously, just talking to Roddy there about it earlier on. It's just, it's a great, there's this unbelievable buzz down around the club. Um, obviously, it's very parochial. But uh, the wider county as well. I was down uh, down in Roscommon yesterday, and the well wishes and the, the, the good celebrations there have been enjoyed by everybody. And um, hopefully, it'll give give us give us a boost in the country. And uh, even in rural Ireland, I think it's, it's a huge boost, you know, with Thomas's winning the All Ireland Hurling finals as well. It's Small community uh, that come up to Dublin and win to All Ireland and bring them back over the Shannon. I was just looking. It's Kiltoom and Cam and South uh, Roscommon. Is that right? Like, is it, are we talking about a, a big place here? Is this? No, we're actually talking about quite a small place. Kiltoom Cam is is the area. Yeah. yeah. But I suppose really with with the Celtic Tiger, the, it was it's a rural area that has been uh, more urbanised. Um, it has a relatively big population. It's close to proximity to Athlone. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's been you know a big increase in the population over the last. 15 years you know um, which has enabled the club to, to progress and um, I'm obviously a blow in I was lucky enough to marry a beautiful woman up there so she brought me up to the land mm-hmm. instead of to the town in Castlery you know Something like what happened uh, this year and the All-Ireland Final that kind of knits the community together because obviously a lot of people coming into the area suddenly get to meet each other and it's uh, one of the extra lovely aspects of the whole journey yeah and and you know it's it's actually to be fair it's it's been embellished as well over the years by a lot of the progression we have in the club and only recently we opened a walking track there and it's becoming more and more 
the fulcrum of the of the community and the centre of the community is where people go to meet. It's now where people go maybe to have a drink. And you know, we've had a lot of heroes over the years. Um, think back to the great Jerry O'Malley, uh, Michael Fain, um, God rest him, and uh, a lot of great people, Paddy Donnelly's, and there's so many we could mention. But a lot of the the older people, you know, they're really really um, buzzing. Uh, with 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 the, with the celebrations and buzzing mm. with the what what it means to to the area. Yeah, it was an unbelievable match as well. I mean, I presume Roddy, did you see the game? I did. I seen, I seen the first half and the way uh, Ballymun took off. I thought it's going to be a cricket score at some at one stage, and then it started to pan down a little bit. I had to move off for the second half, and I taped it. And then when I come in at the end of the game, I thought that actually it was on natural time or whatever you call it. And I seen all the Ballymore players on the ground. I said, Jesus, obviously the lads won. And congratulations to you for that. But um, the manner in which it happened, I'm sure the elation was heightened 100%. And the, the, the disappointment for, for Ballymore kickers must have been gut wrenching because they go so close, looking like extra time. And then to, to score that winning point, I, think, just, I, I couldn't imagine. The feeling, I mean, what was it like? Oh, it was unbelievable. I, I, I think it's one of the first times ever in my life, Roddy. And you know, you, you have these moments, you know, that are kind of frozen in time. The um, you could feel the electricity coming from the stands with the supporters. And you know, when 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 Dolo got the ball and he just climbed over it like a horse in in full flight uh, over the over one of the opponents, one of the Ballymun lads kicked that ball over the bar it was unnatural you know I was just looking up at the scoreboard to see oh god I said it's over mm. thank god it's only, he has to call it up now the referee and uh, luckily enough he did the minute was just up you know but I, I must say on your point there um uh, you have to commend Ballymun Kickhams you know they were part of a, a fantastic occasion obviously a great game they came out the wrong side of it um, but I spoke with, with Ted Furman after the game and Val Andrews and I couldn't couldn't really commend them enough um, brilliant in defeat very difficult to take obviously but uh, they're a credit to the game they're a credit to their local area and they're a credit to the GAA and I'm sure they'll come back again because even though Dublin is a very it's a difficult championship to come out of um, to be fair in Roscommon the level of competition probably isn't as strong it's a rural area where clubs are struggling maybe with players but um, Ballymun will come back I've no doubt about yeah, well, just, just Joe, just you know, looking at it, you know, the elation and the yeah. and the disappointment that you gain in sport, and it, when it happens so sharpish, it's a horrendous thing. But like the lads on Ballymoon, as I always say, to when you when you reach that that sort of summit and it's taken away me that the the emotion that the disappointment you get, I always say to the lads, well, look, it's not a terminal illness, thank God, it's an emotion. Mm. You got to accept it, handle it. And take the good out of it, you know. But the contrasting emotions on the pitch, that's what I saw this, Joe, that's what I was getting back to. Yeah. When I turned the telly back on, I come in and I seen the contrasting emotions. I mean, I seen fellas on the pitch, but anyone then I seen the, the, the last one, Bridget's up, and it was just, it was a brilliant spectacle. I mean, it was a fantastic club game. I mean, I went to see Bridget's and Plunkers last year. Was it last year or the year before in the Dublin final? And, you know, it was unbelievable. I mean, you talk about soccer and you talk about full stadiums. I mean, Pernell Park was jammed in the rafters, and that, that was a local game. That was a Dublin 15 game. And, you know, there was a couple of points in it in the end, but it was, it's brilliant. It's absolutely club football in the GAA is absolutely brilliant when I guess that out. The only thing I would be saddened about is that there wasn't a stadium with a 30,000 capacity for the lads because there was 28, 29,000 at the game on and you know it wasn't fair on the players to have to look at an empty stadium and I know it's headquarters and everyone wants it there but if there was a smaller 
provincial stadium that would you know accommodate that. I think it'd be better all around for everybody, even for television, it'd be better. It certainly improved the atmosphere, and yeah. I've always thought that as well. But then I wonder, do players really want their one chance to play in Crow Park at the same ah, time? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of county players playing, and if there, if there were club players, now I'm, I'm not an expert on, on the club scene, but I would like to know how many county players are on the park. But at the end of the day, even when a League of Ireland team gets to a cup final and it's played at the Aviva Stadium and you go in and there's 20,000 people there yeah, okay a day in the sun for the players but at the end of the day they prefer to play in a better spectacle with a better amateur I know that because I've, I've been in the situation as a manager and as a player playing mm. in big stages with small crowds but that's just not a criticism it's a fantastic day. I'm not trying to put any dampener on the board we're just loving to see I was looking at the game I was thinking I wish that was a full stadium of 28,000 people or 20,000 people just for the, the whole spectacle of it and if there was a smaller stadium I don't know I mean how how you feel about that but that's, that's just the way I see it I thought it would have been far better yeah, no, it's it's a fair point, Roddy. Um, but having said that, I think the thirty thousand people that were in there last last week made made did make some noise. Uh, I think for for the local club players and for club players, uh, particularly outside maybe of the larger counties, um, a lot of them get to play inter county football, and they're now Crow Park is by far more accessible now than it ever was with with uh, back doors and all that sort of stuff, and games being played in it. Um, but for the club, I think players look forward, and the, the talk at the beginning of the year, if you want to be competitive, is look, we want to be in Crow Park. On, on St. Patrick's Day but I do see your point uh, I think um, you know if you have 30,000 in the ground and it's enclosed and it's it's packed to capacity there is a there is a different ambience and there is a different uh, atmosphere to be got from it but uh, the 30,000 in Crow Park I think there might have been 25 shouting for us last week made plenty of noise and we were uh, yeah, delighted that's you know. why 25,000 live up here now yeah, yeah you're probably right <laughs> before we leave the the club final Owen, one of the lovely things about it is it seems to kind of bring out a uh, certain level of emotion that nothing else really can yeah. there, you know you're talking about families you're talking about fathers yeah. and sons you're talking about players kissing other players <laughs> you know there, like, there's uh, something there is, there's something unbelievable about in, it in, in, um, in Ballymone the day before and I saw the red and green flags everywhere yeah. for a second like, I was wondering what was going on yeah it really is and I think as well maybe the maybe the the small crowd is more obvious on television than when you're there and when you hear the noise you do like the 25,000 or the 30,000 people you know they're there whereas on television the camera is higher I'm and you see the empty higher stand I'm not critical of the supporters but just as a spectacle for you know to take notes of the say, say for argument's sake you turn the television on and you're a neutral you might like soccer you might like horse racing mm. and you see a full stadium you get more attention. It's just a small thing, you know. No, yeah. it didn't affect the supporters. We're happy. It didn't affect the winning team. But I'm just thinking, and the point I tried to make is, if there was a smaller provincial stadium that could accommodate a final, you know, okay, it's HQ, but if it was somewhere else, even a better day out for if I had been five thousand travelling down from Dublin to maybe you know down to Loud or down to Navan or somewhere. Yeah, you know, well, say, it, but just something. It, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a minor it's point. A minor point. Yeah, minor but point. certainly um, if we're looking ahead and talking GAA, the big news today, obviously out of Derry, is the uh, black card motion four has been passed, which is going to change Gaelic football in a huge way from 2014. Shane, I know you were talking about it outside. So obviously for people just tuning in, what's going to happen is the black card system is in place. So for a cynical foul, it's specifically for cynical play, you'll get a black card, you have to be subbed off on your fourth player to get a black card he's just off the field it's effectively a red card and anyone after that also is off without a sub coming on Shane is this a really positive move for GAA? There's pros and cons I think to it you know I think it's going to lead to 
complete and utter bedlam from an administration point of view, from from a referee's point of view. I think the interpretation, I know the, the rules have been set out there in five different uh, areas um, where they get where players get a black card. But I, 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 I think that, you know, they've tried to clean the game up um, by bringing by bringing this in and it's one of the, the areas they've obviously they, they have looked at um, I don't know I, my, my, my good feeling is that it's, it's going to it's, it's going to be disaster um, and I think when you when it goes down to grassroots as well, it's a bigger problem because this is fine for for intercounty setups and for maybe some senior club games. But if you go out around the country and some clubs are struggling to get fifteen, sixteen, seventeen players, and suddenly two or three of them have have uh, black cards, you're going to be down to a game at twelve aside, thirteen aside more often than not. Um, and I think it's going to prove very difficult to implement. Um, I I can understand the reasons behind it. I think mm. there's been a lot of negativity. About the game over the last couple of years, and I think unwarranted by by some players who played maybe back in the eighties and seventies and, and that, and wanted to clean it up. The Thrones and the Armas have brought brought a physicality to, to it in the, in the in the early two thousands, and um, maybe people didn't like that. But I think the game as it's played today is as much better game than it was. 20 years ago 25 years ago I think the players are far better they're, they're better skill sets they're um, quicker they're trained more diligently um, it's very 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 professional um, at all levels and um, I think a lot of it was maybe a little bit you know as Brody was even talking about earlier on there's, sometimes we find the need for having to change things without necessarily need change being needed yeah, well, I'll give you the view. I mean, Tony Scullion of the Football Review Committee was saying, we sat down and analysed 60 games on DVD over the last 10 years, and it was the standout fact that cynical play is taking place on, yeah. and it would seem that that was the real area they wanted to address yeah, more than anything. I can see them wanting to address that, but I mean, when you've got... I was thinking, well, I mean, when we were talking about this before, and we come up with just dozens and dozens of... of I mean, one being that you could cynically foul someone to, to make a substitution after you'd used your five, but the the... The other thing is, when you've got games of teams with very different standards, I mean, you could, uh, the game that came to mind for me was Leitrim Mayo last year, where Leitrim played very, um, they, they played a very physical game, quite a cynical game to break down Mayo because of the disparity between the two teams. As it turned out, Mayo won, won that game by 30 points. If um, if Leitrim got a, a black card for every cynical foul they did, it might have been 50 or 60 points. So I, that, that, that to me seems problematic. Um, can I just interrupt? You're saying that the teams are going to run out of players if you know there's, there's clubs that have 17, 18 players, and mm. you're saying that Leitrim, you know, if if they end up with less players, they're going to lose by more. Mm. What's wrong with that? The, that team with 16 players will learn not to foul cynically. Leitrim will learn that the only way that they can win this game is to. But they're not going to win the game. No but, matter well, what. well, that's that's a power. That's a different. That's a different yeah. issue. Yeah. 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 So I mean, say, I, say Mayo against Dublin, right? Yeah. You know, and if Mayo cynically foul against Dublin in the last yeah. 10 minutes, then suddenly Dublin actually. I are think allowed. it's unfair. The one year we finally <laughs> master the art of the cynical foul, they suddenly <laughs> turn against us after the Ulster teams um, have been doing it for 10 years. But, but the what, cynicism there, the rules are there to stop that anyhow. They have been there. I mean, one of the, like to deliberately pull down an opponent, that's a yellow card, okay? And that's been there in the in the past. Deliberate trip opponent that's been there in the past. The one, the body check is the one really I think that has 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 turned people maybe off things. But again, that the rule is there that if the body check comes in, you get a yellow card. Now, more often than not, you won't see that. Um, I think the the one that you know, if you use abusive, provocative language yeah. or gestures to players, like how 
what's the interpretation of that? You know, how how and some referee is going to get into serious trouble. The pages, the back pages, the papers are going to be filled with referees' problems in an interpretation of the game, and the game will be totally forgot about, and the people that play it. Um, I, I just, I, I, I think it's going to lead to a lot of issues. It doesn't, it doesn't stipulate that the abusive language has to be to the referee. In theory, looking at that rule, if you if you cursed at your at your one of your your Team members rights. of your team who didn't pass to you, yeah. in theory you could get a black card. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Yes. You know, abusing your fellow players is kind of the bedrock of the GA. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. like, there's there's two parts to it. Obviously, there's the implementation of it, which is going to be so difficult. And at a club level, I can imagine, I can imagine how it's going to go at times. But there's also the theory behind it. And for instance, you're talking about a yellow card for pulling back a jersey. What has been happening, or certainly the feeling of what's been happening, is that teams are delegating these yellow cards around the team. And so, you know, you pull them back this time, I'll pull them back that time, you get them that time. A team has five or six yellow cards, no one's punished, everyone stays in the field. And I think the aim here with the black cards is to stamp that out. Well, it's not the team that delegates, it's the referees that are, that are in control of the games. Um, you know, it's, the, it's their job, they're charged with the job of implementing the rules. But well, my point is, say the corner forward pulls back the defender and stops that uh, attack, that counter-attack happening, and then the centre forward does it, and then somebody else does it. They each get a yellow card. And as a team, they've stopped three very important attacks. But no one's left the field. There's been no punishment. And just, just having a yellow card isn't really enough. But we're talking about a game. Like, the game is physical. It's, it's, a, men- it's a physical game. You're not going to get in, go into any team sport where there isn't going to be some form of, of physical combat. Mm. And part of that combat is, is fouling because that's the reason you've got rules. And uh, I think, you know, there's been an, a, a lot of exposure over the last number of years on the game needs to be done and the game needs to be this and this is the way the game needs to be the, uh, to me, to my mind the game is as good now as it ever was mm-hmm. and I think just messing with it uh, is bringing in just more more, more uh, opportunity for fragmentation of, of the rules that are there. I, I totally agree that the game is actually better than it's ever been and I think um, any of the scoring analysis over the last number of years, the number of games that are close is way higher than it's ever been before but that doesn't necessarily mean that the game can't get even better again. Well, why not bring it as an experiment for just the league, as they did with other rules when you could? Because that that way, all the managers go, "I don't like this. It's not gonna. It doesn't help my team to win this season, mm-hmm. and it's a really easy. Now, screw you. We're not going to implement this. Whereas this is in for five years. Everybody's going to have to live with it. There'll be five All Irelands before anybody can actually change it again. Yeah. And everybody at the end of that, I think you're going to find that the administration of it actually isn't that difficult because it's just another card and everybody understands what the black card means you're going off and there's a sub coming on maybe it just seems to me that it's very complicated because I mean you're, you're making all these graduations between it's it's almost like a film reviewer giving a film you know before you, you either got your name taken or you got sent to the line now this is the, three stars, the four stars, yeah, stars. It's, like, it's like you're a film reviewer and you're, you become a connoisseur of fouls. You know, some guy gives some other guy a belt and you're going, I think that's a you know three. Is it is it a verbal warning? Is it a yellow? Is it also what happens if you have a yellow and then you do a, a foul that's say like worthy of a warning? Does that bring does that bump you up to black? Or do you stay on, on a yellow with I know. the warning? We will hear lines like there was a dash of black there and a bit of yellow and maybe just a hint of red and I'm going to throw it all together and come up with this. Just some text in. Jesus, we only had 16 at a Junior B football match this morning. We couldn't afford black cards, Mike and Nathan Wright. They don't I get think, any. I think your point, Jer, is then you're going to have to play yeah, by the Jer, rules, Mike. Is, is the game gone so cynical or is the media driving this? Because I think it's over-analyzed. When you see the Sunday game, 
I mean, it, there's cameras. They have to, to put an error in whatever the, the 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 panel does after the game. They have to put time in, like any panel after any uh, game, like the international last night. And it's overanalyzed. And you know, they're going to come into every single nitty gritty. And there's cameras from all angles. And I don't think the game is really that cynical that they have to introduce a black card. I think the over analysis of the game has created a problem for headquarters, HQ that they have to do something about it or be seen to do something about it and so so to counteract the overall analysis of the game by the TV is we throw in the black card are we so not, are we I, not I, actually I in favour of good quality analysis of all the sport that we watch that we deserve well, well yeah but I mean you can split hairs as well uh, I've, I've worked on an analysis in games and yeah. you come to a, a soccer game which is it, it's very difficult at times to, to analyse where a, a Gaelic match has a lot more uh, things going on and you're sitting you're coming to half time and you're thinking that was absolutely boring. How are we going to analyse this? Well, that tackle, we'll have a look at that tackle. Where if it had been a 2-1 thriller, tackles wouldn't be analysed. So I think there should be an unwritten code between pundits or whatever. Let's not overanalyze stuff that's not absolutely cynical. But Roddy, would you not accept that this was, you know, guys like Tony Scullion? We're going to have Eugene McGee on the program, I should say. He'll be on about half past three or so. Tony Scullion saying of the Football Review Committee, not media-driven, doesn't really care what people like us think all that much, I would say. We sat down, we analysed 60 games on DVD from the last 10 years, and the overwhelming feeling was it, there was cynical play. And they've got GA people all well, over the country to write in, and this was the feedback... Well, Joe, if they had to sit down and analyse 60 games over the last 10 years, that's, in my opinion, over an analysis. It's too, it's too it's splitting hairs. I mean, if it's something that's hit you, say a championship game, say, say the club final last week, mm-hmm. the headlines, OK, the Australian rules... Now you have a problem. But not club football and, and inter-county football. And say last week came, finishing a draw, and it was analysed for the whole week before the replay. Um, you know, why? You know, and then suddenly, oh, that was a really tough game. And we've, we've analysed, and we've seen something we didn't see in the, in, the, in, the, in the course of the game. And, you know, if you analyse anything, if you look for fault in anything, you'll find it. And I think, just my humble opinion as an outsider, I think a black card for me is leaving it wide open for um, cynical managers to prepare their team and I would I can tell you I would because I've worked with referees in soccer which is it's easier for a referee in soccer that would give you a nod get him off if he keeps her up yeah, that's but a see, black card between me and him yeah you'll just get the six subs though so I mean one start there's always a way around it you, Maybe, might, we'll oh, see. you could start you could start the player to give him a black card to, to, to know you're going to replace him you could start the player so I want you for the first 20 minutes or whatever get yourself a black card don't get a red one get yourself a black card we get you off we get him on there's always a deeper underlying plan it's like Chelsea uh, getting their, their, their yellow cards out of the way and AVB is that his name? Yeah. yeah actually admitting it in his innocence on live TV it's part of the game and, and I just believe it's over analysed I haven't seen anyone carted off with a broken jaw in a, in a televised game very rarely do you see someone get a broken leg because obviously the way they, they, they tackle but look it's just over an analysis for me and a black card a yellow card a red card you know I agree and it's, it's one other thing as well is the, it's, left, it's left to the referee to, to interpret the motivation of the player who, who did the foul that is true. So is it motivated yeah. by cynicism or did he lose his temper and was it motivated by aggression you know yeah. I mean, how, could, how the hell can a referee make and, that and call also, oh, let, let's go back to the referee's point of view he's in a dilemma he's three options now yeah. you know 
won't you, you didn't always have three options. Uh, so the fouls, we, the fouls we, are really straightforward. To deliberately pull down an opponent, to deliberately trip an opponent with a hand, arm or foot, to deliberately body collide with an opponent after he's played the ball away. They're straightforward. You know that, like, there's no motivation involved in well, was this trip deliberate. the call over, over uh, Nani in the, in the Champions League over whether that kick was deliberate or Luckily, not. we don't Who, have to worry we, about I think that. We, how long did we spend, was it here that we were talking about that for how long did we spend arguing about that and we still weren't sure and we're asking the referee to know on the spot how how the player was motivated? That seems a little bit tall order. Yeah, we're uh, we're running away over time. We might uh, read out a few texts in a moment's time. Owen Butler, the Irish Times, Roddy Collins, uh, Athlone Ten Manager, and Shane Curran, All Ireland winner with St Bridget's, uh, are all staying with us. We might uh, come to one or two texts in this, and we'll also talk about uh, Ireland last night and why Trap Tony's the greatest manager of all time. Roddy. News Talk Sport Saturday in association with UPC the Fibre Power Network bringing you all the action in HD Yeah you're very welcome back to the show Joe Muller with you across the afternoon Jerry Gilroy here as well our panel Owen Butler of the Irish Times Roddy Collins at the Lone Town Manager and Shane Curran goalkeeper of course with uh, Roscommon and at the Lone Town and uh, an All-Ireland winner just last week with um, St. Bridget's. We're going to talk to Eugene McGee, obviously, about the um, news from Congress this morning. The uh, motion regarding black cards has been passed. If you've just tuned in, we've been talking about it. We'll also hear from other figures in GEA. Just before we leave, it's some of the text responses to 53106. Uh, Those lads in Central Council won't be happy until football is non-contact says Lisa and Cavan. This isn't really about non-contact, I suppose. Hi, lads. I can't understand why the sin bin wasn't given a try before this black card business, says Sean and Leitrim. Somebody else. Cynical fouling has to be stopped. Just look at last week's Dublin-Tyrone game. Last five minutes, all Tyrone did was foul when Dublin got into the final quarter. Yellow cards at that stage in the match is no good. Plus, it delays time. Awarding a free kick from uh, 20 yards out will stop that. Plus, a black card. They're just uh, some of the responses. Um black cards only around a couple of hours and Roddy's already working out the best way to beat the system I love it says David and Cholester you are Mr. Cynical uh, already this is, you're the kind of person that they're trying no, to I'm, outmanoeuvre I'm a manager Joe <laughs> <laughs> uh, I lie awake all night trying to beat the system give me your Fairly. manager's uh, give me your manager's assessment of Sweden nil Republic of Ireland nil assessment um, 35 minutes of good stuff 10 minutes before half time of Back to normal stuff. Second half, back to normal stuff. Um, I think it's a sad indictment on our expectations that we're all hugging each other after nil-all draw against a poor Sweden team, really. Uh, him Rimovic is their only real world-class player, in my opinion. Um, talking before the game, I had no real belief that there was any continuity in the way the preparation was. Um I did say to somebody, and I've said it on this show and in print in the Star, that one thing that one ingredient the manager has is luck. Bucket loads of luck. His, his team that started last night is a team we've been possibly near enough to what we've been talking about for years. Everybody's been talking about for years. He stumbled on a true default last night with the, the omission of wheeling in the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when it started off whatever way we started off caught them by surprise they didn't expect it it was alien to the way we've been playing our fullbacks were gone the first three minutes our centre midfield player uh, uh, Whelan or not Whelan uh, McCarthy done particularly well and we knew he would and the combination with him and Green who I wouldn't have put in the team at all costs was a good combination so through default rather than design we ended up with a 30 minute display that gave hope and then 
you know, we dropped back into a situation where, <clears throat> you know, for, for Thames for the second half, they took control. And in the second half of the game, it looked like we were just content with a draw. I don't know what was said at halftime. I would love to know, was it retreat back to the way we normally play? Don't be crossing half. We line to the fullbacks and let's take a draw. And I just think that Trapattoni's held Irish football back. I think he's developed no players at all. He's, he's a club manager because you can buy your players into suit your system. At international level, you must uh, suit your system to the players you've got. He's not prepared to do it. So the development of the likes of Coleman, who we've been all in his corner for a long time to get to the team, the likes of McCarthy, Wes Hillen in a different situation. I know uh, away from home, you've, you've Robbie Keane dropping in because you're going to take a central defender where you've Wes Hillen coming from deeper where he's not going to draw anyone. Now, it's different tactical stuff that I can bore you with. But for me, he's a lucky manager. I would get rid of him next week if I had the money. I would have got rid of him 12 months ago if I had the money. Um, he's a nice man. He's a gentleman. Great, great um, reputation as a club manager. But if we want to take this forward, we've got to get someone in that has uh, a bit of development in their makeup and get on with the players we have. The players in that team last night should have a lot more caps and would have possibly won the game with that bit of experience. Oh, and Liam Brady made the point last night quite <coughs> forcefully that when Ireland win, it's because the players did it in spite of Trap, mm. and when we lose, it's all Trap's fault. And he thinks yeah. it's a really unfair assessment and of Trap. we get a result that no one expected, you call it luck. I think I'm not defending Trap, but I have a tendency towards even handedness, which I think probably makes me unsuitable to be a pundit. But I, I, what I think is that he's got. He's an outsider, and he doesn't have the respect for reputations that one of our own would have. He he also doesn't seem to know the players all that well, um, and he seems to fall out with them to a degree that is kind of reckless. But I think as an outsider, he sees that the quality of the players isn't there, mm-hmm. that the way that we're going to get any even modest success is by grinding out results. And I think it's kind of funny that Liam Brady is is in his corner because... Liam Brady was the victim of the exact same thing under Jack. Jack was the same thing. Jack Charlton was an outsider who knew we weren't going to play like, like Holland. He knew we weren't going to play like Brazil. He wasn't interested in a flair, player like Brady. He left him out. And that's kind of what Trapp has done. You know, he left out Andy Reid. He left out players that we would have liked. I think if it was a nil-all draw on the field last night, it was a score draw between the, between the media and Trapp because the media did have a point about McCarthy and Trapp did have a point about Green. They both played well. Um, so I'm not saying that Trapp is a manager at the heights of his powers. He obviously isn't. But I think maybe he deserves a bit more credit. I was saying outside that, um, that Brian Kerr with a much stronger squad of players didn't achieve half of what Trapp has done so I think but he got more latitude because he was because he was one of us basically and he I didn't th- get the look on he didn't get the look that Trapp Tony got. Yeah, he, how he, how look? he must know that look is <coughs> how lucky was it to well, be in a group with Spain and Croatia and Italy though how lucky was Sorry? how lucky was it to well, be in a group well, with we Spain Italy and Croatia we haven't judged him on that we've, we've, we've executed him on that one but he's, every accolade he gets is because he qualified us. If you look at that qualification and the playoff and the sending off and the OGs, and you look, and if you go back and analyse the whole championship, I can tell you as a manager, I'd like to have 50% of the luck he has. And that's, and, 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 you know, as a club manager, great record. But club management, international management, it's different because you can was go out and buy the handball, you, was that you, good luck? You, you can go out and buy, it was good luck for him. For, because we were going to lose that yeah, game. Yeah, was that for trap? That's, that's, it, you can no, just no, that was good luck for trap, absolutely. Because we were going to lose the game anyway. But it took the total focus off his inept off ability to qualify. We nearly won in Paris against a brilliant French team. We nearly, well, won, in Paris. We, we nearly won in Paris. 
we nearly won in Paris. Yeah. If you can recollect that game, on yeah. it was going into an area of the game where we, they should have got a penalty before they scored that yeah. handball. That handball took the total focus off the management, off the players, mm-hmm. and we all went on a big rant that it was Thierry Henry that caused us er, 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 that we didn't qualify. That's luck. That got the eye off the manager straight away, and I would take that all day long. Yeah. You need some luck, but as I said. He has held all his football back. He's going to hold it back because yeah. there's kids around that squad should have 15, 20 caps at this stage and they're still, they're still novices. And I would put my house on it. If Whelan is fit on Tuesday, he'll start and McCarthy won't. Yeah. Can I jump in there with a point and I'll come to Shane on this because I know we haven't heard your thoughts on this, Shane. Okay, you're making this point about Trap holding football back and I think with a lot of young players, we wouldn't disagree with that. That said, we're at a point last night where just nine months after... June 2012 at the Euros Ford, Coleman, Clark, Wilson Green, McCarthy, Walters McLean and Long are in the side. So only Keane and O'Shea. Now I know the preparation This was a lot of this was more by accident than design And retirement. No I get that Senior players returning But Shane we are at a point where that was a really new team. They played really good football and it doesn't seem that Trapatoni gets any credit it seems. I mean what's your take on the whole situation? Well uh, my take on it is is, is simple and I agree with Robbie. I think we we are in danger uh, in this country of um, losing probably a generation of players and if you take the way any manager no matter what he's in, if he's in business, if he's in football, uh, or an international manager like Trapattoni, the basic requirement you have to have with your players is manners. You know, and the way he treated young Brady, I thought before the game was despicable. Um, mm-hmm. To see him come out that the guy had had uh, internal problems uh, mentally was very, very poor judgment from a guy with such experience. Now, I think also there's a disconnect there between. And there has to be, you know, management managers do have to have a, a disconnect from their players. But I think it's there's a greater disconnect between Trapattoni, probably his employers, uh, on one hand, and on the other hand, uh, his players. Mm-hmm. And I think they're playing. They're playing. If you look at the likes of Seamus Coleman, Seamus Coleman should have. 50 caps for Ireland now you know he's an, an outstanding premiership footballer who's been performing at, at the top level and yet he's only in the squad the last for the last uh, since since the Euros you know so I think um, going forward um, obviously he's bought himself a lot of time with last night's result um, there's no doubt about that and the Austria game now uh, there's another focus on that mm-hmm. but um, look at it's like everything else uh, you know if you're not connected I don't think uh, if you're not connected to, to your players it's only a matter of time before it'll fall down. Well, it was a perfect example of that last night, Shane, was <clears throat> when young Colm was taking a free kick and he was getting an air rake Tardelli. off Tardelli and he picked himself up a yellow card because of that incident and the kid turned had a right bash off Tardelli. That's a show of disconnect. Yeah. 100% show of disconnect and lack of, I wouldn't say respect, the kid obviously has respect, lack of any great belief in what's coming from the dugout and that's that's something that showed last night and also so, sorry on <coughs> also it only took three or four minutes for the two full backs to be gone that hasn't been coached into that team that's the players taking on board themselves as they did out in France that night yeah well that's part of the debate that's happening at the moment uh, we're going to keep talking about Ireland we've on Butler Roddy Collins and Shane Kern in studio we're back in just a moment your texts can come in to 53106 News Talk Sport Saturday in association with UPC the fibre power network with 50 meg broadband as standard yeah, you're very welcome back. Joe Malloy and Jerry Gilroy here across the afternoon on News Talk Sports Saturday. We're going to speak to Eugene McGee a little later on in the show. We're going to talk to Kenny Cunningham about uh, Ireland's performance last night. We'll check in with Bob Bubke. He's over in Florida 
watching the uh, Arnold Palmer tournament, Tiger Woods in the Huntress and Rose, very much up there as well. So plenty more to come. We're continuing our panel. Own Butler of the Irish Times, Roddy Collins at the Lone Town Manager and Shane Curran, All-Ireland winner with St. Bridget's, all in studio. We've been talking about the Republic of Ireland uh, situation. Roddy, like you were making the point that you actually don't think Tra- Tony's heart is in it and I find that very hard to believe. Well, it's, it's a strange way of showing it because as Shane said you have to connect with your players you have to get them to play for you the way he treats them is despicable the way he puts them down I, I really believe that he, he Father Christmas came to him when he got the job with the salary he got for starters a little out back country on the edge of Europe with uh, as he says no players we've no players um, nothing was qualified before he arrived for years so he is now the Messiah and what he says is God I actually believe that he believes in his own hype that he is the Messiah because the obdurate way in which he approached the whole job with not you know going back over not going to, to watch games picking a system that's the most simplest system to pick if you gave me 11 players tomorrow to play a game the next day the system he plays I would pick it's, it's a system you don't have to coach it's absolutely sim- simple to do he's done that he's been lazy in his, his approach he's developed no players and I, I really believe he's exasperated with the whole situation and he looks like a man to me by some of the decisions he's making that he wished he got his little whack of money and off he toddled down the road and I wish he got it and yeah. off he went no that's that's not disrespecting the man by the way this is a football point of view from me I don't know the man, man. I met Tardelli once a gentleman absolute gentleman however for me as an Irishman who loves Irish football all I see is a dead end with this man and we're all living in hope if we qualify if we get to Brazil what if we don't we're going to have a group of players that's two of them getting old keen is finished in my opinion and kids kids that have not enough experience to tackle a European championship that should have 20 more caps under their belt so you're asking me does he care I don't think he really cares no I'd have to I'd have to actually agree 100% with Roddy on, on all of his points there because if a manager comes in like Trapattoni does and sets his stall out from the start and actually tells the nation and tells the wider audience that we don't have the players and we have to play in such and such a way basically what he's saying is that he doesn't trust the players that he has at his disposal and if you don't trust the players that, you're, that you have at your disposal you cannot it's impossible to get the best out of them and if you look at the kids coming up all the young players even at under 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 17 under 19 under 21 level that's what they want they want to be encouraged right from the top down and uh, when you have somebody that, that's the, the international manager uh, of, our, of our country speaking in such derogatory tones about the players that he has under his, under his charge, it, it can only end one way. It's not going to end uh, uh, positively. I can't see it. Uh, just to make play devil, devil's advocate even to an extent, because I don't wholeheartedly disagree with those points, but I watched his press conference on Thursday. It went on for half an hour, 40 minutes. Mm. He did talk at length. Now, this doesn't get reported because it's not a great story. He did talk at length about how he's confident in this team, how there is the away record unbeaten in qualification gives him huge faith. He, he loves the mentality of the team. He likes a lot of the young players. And he's talked about trying to evolve the style. He has talked about this, Roddy. He's talked about young players like Coleman. I mean, he was raving about Coleman in his press conference, talking about Coleman against Man City getting four. Forward. He was talking about trying to uh, expand on what had been done. And you have, to, you have to also make the point that the side he took over was a rabble. The Steve Staunton legacy yeah, was that there was a rabble. And, you know, the initial thing to do was to steady the ship, almost qualify, 
lost out in Paris. Then we get to the Euros. And now post-Euros, as I said, we've nine new players in the side in comparison with June 2012. I'm not saying that everything Trapattoni does is perfect. Far from it, Owen. Yeah. But like, to say that he's not trying, to say that he's not interested, like, yeah. that does, it's not totally fair if you look it's, at the facts. He's got his, his professional reputation, which I'm sure means something to him. Um, I do agree that his fallen out with players, I mean, when you consider the whole list, Stephen Kelly was annoyed, um, Kevin Doyle... Um, yeah, the list just goes on and on. And I was saying off air, I thought the way that he criticised Shane Long for for the miss when it looked, if he'd seen it on television, he would have seen that the ball had bobbled. Um, I think he deserves. I don't, to say that I think I think he deserves some credit. I don't think I don't, I'm not saying that I think he's that he's the greatest manager we ever had. I'm not saying that if there was an opportunity to replace him, we shouldn't take it. But I do think he should get credit for the things that he has done and getting that result. I mean, no one thought we were going to. Everyone thought we were going to lose, and when we drew. They're still criticising them, and that doesn't seem that doesn't seem very fair. Well, I mean that's that's how fickle football is, on. But you got to take the result out of it. I mean, if we'd have won two nothing, it would have been a false result. If we'd have lost four nothing, it would have been a false result on the night. So take the result there. Well, let's look at the big picture. And when I say he's not interested, Joe, I mean in the overall, he, he's gone from game to game as a manager. A result, his objective and his remit qualifiers are going to the playoffs. I'm talking about the development. Now, you rattled off nine or eight names there of young mm. players. They didn't arrive in the last six months. They've been around for the last three or four years. Mm. And the point I'm trying to make, Joe, they lack international experience. If they'd have been developed properly, not to sue his CV, and to sue his needs as a manager and the needs of our nation as a football nation, we would have won that game last night. We'd have a more experienced players who would have been able to adapt to the situation better. So that's the point I'm making. I've no gripe against the man. I don't care who manages your country. Once they do the job right and correct, and we all know as a professional manager, and that's where I am, he's certainly not doing that job properly, in my opinion. Shane, it does um, suddenly strike us all that how Tuesday goes is going to have a huge bearing on how we come away from this week. I mean, really, the Swedish results, the Swedish results sets up the possibility of us going away very happy. But also, if things don't go the right way on Tuesday, both in terms of result and performance, then actually the pressure is probably even worse on Trapattoni. Oh, it is. I mean, the, the pressure has been building quite considerably now um, from from uh, the Euros last year. Um, but Roddy is is one hundred percent right. It is about about the bigger picture, and um, results can paper over a lot of cracks. And I think this is a this is a a management that um, really there's so many cracks in them. Their 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 ability to um, communicate is very very poor from a professional uh, setup and a professional level and there's so many mixed messages but uh, and not n- never does the right message come out as you said earlier on he spoke he may have spoke quite well about players but that never comes out and it doesn't come out because the guy isn't able to communicate and he's he's built a he's he's built a hole for himself and i think um he's done it all on his own and uh, look at wednesday night or tuesday night against austria um is is it's a huge a huge uh, i have occasion. a question what, yep. what what if we qualify I'm not a Trapatoni fan either and I think mm. that actually after the Germany game he should have gone because a record home defeat no manager should actually be able to survive that but yeah. he did survive so the reality of the situation is we find ourselves back in with a chance of qualifying what if we qualify? Brilliant absolutely brilliant we'll still get rid of him and I believe we could qualify if we got rid of him I think if we got rid of him this week and we brought in a manager who knows the Premier League who knows the players and picks the players, allows them to express themselves to the best of their ability, we have a better chance of doing it. 
I mean, you see, like we played 30 minutes last night. We played a good game for 30 minutes last night. We cost Sweden by surprise with our team selection with the way our fullbacks went. There's no doubt about that. They adopted to the situation. 10 minutes in the first half, most of the second half. We didn't get one shot on goal. Now, let's get down to brass tacks here. We're talking about beating Austria. We didn't get one strike on goal. We're going to have to leave Keane out of the game on Tuesday night. His legs are gone. So, you know, if you look at the big picture, if that had been developed over the last number of years, you would have having players. For argument's sake, Hulahan. How long is he around? How long is McCarthy around? How long is Coleman around? Wilson. You know, these players didn't just come on the scene. And at the end of the day, that's the point I'm trying to make, Jack. Yeah, managers if, often don't integrate players into a team going into a championship. If you think 1990, Dennis Irwin and Roy Keane were both on the radar, but neither of them made their debut until after um, John O'Shea oh, in 2002. Oh, no, I agree. But how many friendlies have we participated in? How many yeah. games have, have we had to but blow players which was never done? Or anything. He, the, Jack left both of them completely aside until the tournament was over. Well, there you go. We had the same arguments about Jack Chart. <laughs> the only way he got out of jail is because he qualified. The, the, the other thing I thought was interesting and, is that sorry, you know, might just, be interested just, in so, so, I'm, I'm sorry, this one wanted to say a minute ago. Yeah. You're right about Liam Brady. Mm. Because he, he, he wouldn't get a game in this Irish team. There's no way he'd be picked. He would. But one thing, one thing in my opinion that Liam Brady has, and it's very, very hard to find in football, and I really don't take much notice of his analysis of games. I don't really take much credit of what he says. But see, as a human being, he's an absolute top man because he shows loyalty to the people that have looked after him. Arsene Wenger and Trapattoni, in my opinion, is blind loyalty, but he still shows, and it's very hard to find this guy. For that, I respect Liam 100%. But I'm um, sorry, Well, going back you... to your question there, Jar, I mean, if you go back to the old Roy Keane adage there, fail to prepare, prepare to fail, I think this guy is preparing to fail by the way he's just leaving his players on the outside, on the right good players. You look at the likes of the way he handled the Doyle situation. Kevin Doyle is going to be at the fulcrum and centre of Irish football when he, when he recovers his form, but he's not going to recover his form when he's been dealt with his international manager by the way he was. Mm-hmm. All right, it's all uh, pretty heavy stuff. We're going to wrap it up there. I, I still think there's a lot of um, lot of fans out there who respect what Trapattoni's do- doing. Raleigh, that's not an invitation to to get going again here. <laughs> but I do think there is there there is a uh, I don't know silent proportion of fans who are happy enough with what he's doing. Will they're not texting in? I can tell you that. No, they're not. I know. And, and, and it's you know five three one zero six. Joe, if if there's anyone say, out there, what are you trying to say, Joe? What? what are you trying to say? I'm saying that I think there are people are you out one there. Of them? Who, are you one of them? Uh, I think he should have gone after the Euros but I was a big fan of his up until then to be honest and I think maybe the whole thing has become a bit well and just the way it went is a bit and we would have qualified if if Terry Henry hadn't handled that ball not the game I was watching Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked enough about it for can the time I just, being I think can I just uh, yeah, yeah let's go just yeah. one quick tweet <laughs> Ronnie Whelan talking some serious sense on news talk about Trapattoni says Alex Garrity on Twitter so thanks for that Ronnie tweet Ronnie Whelan <laughs> <laughs> I hope we got Ronnie Whelan right again alright thanks for change uh, Ronnie Whelan talking sense as well my thanks to Owen Butler Roddy Collins yeah. Shane Curran and uh, Ronnie Whelan news now with Kieran Ebrin <laughs>